Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Codependent Podcast. We are recording from a very beautiful park. Yeah. So you may hear our animal friends chiming in, mainly birds. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we had a sort of impromptu date after taking our daughter to her friend's house. So here we are. Here we are. So today we want to get into the codes behind the words weak and strong. Two very well-known, well-used words in our culture and in other languages, I assume. Same. Globally, this concept of a strong person and a weak person and the pursuit of strength in all things, yada, yada, yada. I want to start off with some good old Google definitions of these words. We know what they mean, right? We know what they mean. But at the same time, I like to look at the specifics. They say that weak is... Lacking the power to perform physically demanding tasks. Lacking physical energy and strength. Liable to break. This is the one that I can imagine being quite hurtful when it's applied to you as a person. This Mm -hmm. next one. (laughs) Liable to break or give away under pressure. Easily damaged. (laughs) <laughs> I said I can hear the stigma already, but I'm gonna leave that for you later to get into. <laughs> so one more time, lacking power to perform physically demanding tasks, also liable to break or give way under pressure, easily damaged. And for strength, we have having the power to move heavy weights or perform other physically demanding tasks. And then, of course, just like the secondary definition of weak, we have able to withstand great force or pressure. All right. So with those definitions, typically, you know, we can be calling something strong or weak. For instance, um, that table is weak. It could give out or that argument is strong. And I agree with it. You know, there's different words. But could you from your counseling repertoire Give me and the listeners a little bit of breakdown on, in your field or just in your life, how you've seen the word weak used um, interpersonally, and then any damage maybe you've seen come from from that use of this code word. <clears throat> so, to me, when I look at language, I have to understand context which is to understand that it was created, at least the English language was created by Europeans. And I say that because um, when I consider things um, in a literary sense that are considered negative or uh, like not don't have a positive light, I feel like it's usually things that are different from ourselves. And so when you take into context that it's a male European um, language, then it makes sense that the words that we see as negative would follow suit. Okay. Okay. And so what I mean by that is, is the definition of strength that you gave and the definition of weakness that you gave is very, uh, I guess, chauvinistic. But is it if it's inanimate objects we're describing right like if Um, i'm talking about a table leg or a 
a piece of furniture and it's wobbly so i'm saying it's weak don't put don't put that heavy thing on it's a weak well, table when you're when you're considering a table you're considering the table's purpose right okay so you're saying that this table can withstand more weight than this table yes that's the table's purpose right humans purposes are not to withstand weight right that's not necessarily our purpose and humans aren't the same as tables so we're not necessarily created for the same exact purpose so it's very hard to compare human to human the way you would compare an inanimate object to an inanimate object right. easier to wrap those things up and what their purpose is like you for said interesting sure. and i also think that that's where some of these things come from like we took a word that was originally intended for maybe inanimate objects or for specific things and then we translated it like if you look at the definition of strength it's very physical mm -hmm. the definition but we've taken that and we've applied that to mental and emotional as well meaning right. with the um able to withstand or withhold emotional weight yeah. or psychological weight right. or physical weight um but i guess the issue always becomes who's determining how much it should weigh when you build a table you build a table to withstand a certain amount of weight when i look at dimensions when i order things on amazon or whatever they tell you how much the thing itself weighs and how much weight it can withstand so that is built into the purpose like this table can withhold five pounds if that table doesn't hold five pounds we consider it weak if it holds five pounds we still might say it's pretty weak but if it holds more than what it's supposed to now we think it's strong because it's doing more than what it's supposed to. Can you tie this to people? Yes, I do think so. I think we tie it to people unconsciously all the time. And basically, that's what we're saying. You're holding or not holding more than I think you should. Which is the most ignorant statement to make. Because how could you possibly know how much that person could, should, or would be able to withstand? Right. So basically, as soon as I say weak... It's loaded with all kinds of assumptions mm -hmm. that you're inadequate based on my standard. Definitely. And That's interesting. So when you say, how have I seen it hurt people? It's very toxic because... And it's toxic to both ends, right? Like, obviously, we think to be called weak is a toxic idea. But we don't necessarily think to be called strong can be a toxic idea, right? Um... In our other broadcast, we kind of talk a little bit about this component where um, once a mask is validated or affirmed, it's hard to get rid of it. And so what I mean by that is um, I'll use men for an example, right? Because men historically have not been allowed to express emotion freely, right? So you're getting so, into the strength for it now? Is that? Oh, I'm, I'm, That's what I'm asking. I don't know. I, I thought we, you were just saying how, how you've seen weakness damage people well i guess that's what i was gonna say because okay. that's how i see it i see it as how men are perceived like right okay. like men are not allowed to quote unquote be weak oh i see okay uh-huh okay so you're you're saying that's the damage that you've seen it do to men because mm -hmm. there's not even that okay yeah they're not a f like it's well here's what i mean by the damage i've seen done because when i'm so the versus battle last night or Saturday night was Nelly versus Ludacris, right? Something happened with Nelly. I don't know what happened. Uh, it could have been he was drunk. It could have been mental health related. I'm not sure, but I know like the whole, like they just destroyed him. <laughs> they crushed him. 
And I know that that's like the internet and part of what the internet is for. And like that's part of the fun of these battles. We like to tease each other in black culture. But that's part of the problem, right? Like we've been as a black culture demeaned and demoralized and put down by everyone else. So we've learned that. And now we do it to each other. So it's like, where do we go to get built up? Right. So you see a, a man in particular who's has a problem and I'm not saying his is this serious. I'm just saying this is what I tend to see. Right. Because last week, Erica Badu and Jill Scott had a battle and Erica Badu's um, Internet went out and no one would dare say anything about her. No one would dare. OK, <laughs> <laughs> but it's also it seemed as very heavy handed. Right. So that's what I mean when you get into the weak and strong. Like if someone like if a man in particular was going really hard on a woman publicly mm -hmm. no one supports that everyone feels like first of all the strong person's attacking the weaker person is what the assumption is and then because of that we cannot stand that right we don't like bullying in our society even though we do like bullying that's a whole different podcast that we should do um but we don't like it when it's obvious and in in our face right, right. and so that's too in our face for us but at the same time, we turn around and accept it when they're belittling Nelly or, for me, Kanye, who I know has mental health issues and the world just loves to destroy him. And it's just like, so you wouldn't do it to a child. You wouldn't do it to a disabled person. To have a mental illness is to have a sort of disability. So we're acknowledging on some level he has a disability, which we think is a weakness. But for some reason, because he's a man, he's now strong enough to withhandle all of our teasing, all of our ridicule, all of our belittling, the ostracization from the black community where he's basically ousted. And we're saying he's weak as far as mental health, but strong because he's a man. So he can handle all of this. <laughs> right, right. Interesting. <laughs> well, that's that's interesting. I, I think I want to I want to piggyback on something that you alluded to with how it can be dangerous to put too much investment into um, your own quote-unquote strength mm. I'll speak only from my from my life yeah it was something that I hung my hat on because they told me as a man strength was calmness and strength was um, the ability like the definition definition said if there's great pressure don't show it Mm -hmm. They didn't tell me process it, though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I just learned how to be basically a strong suppressor. Um, but doing not much work on my emotional honesty. Uh, then I realized that it's I was drinking the Kool-Aid from societal male pressures and also from my own self-esteem, confidence type self-narrative <laughs> yeah and and i'll say why it was damaging okay so when it came to me emotionally let's say when my daughters first started getting interested in boys or boys interested in them i was so terrified as a father not knowing what to do not super prepared for this but because i was scared and not and i was strong and i was I was right. That's what that turned into. Mm -hmm. The fear mixed with the strength turns into I was right, which means I am not really listening to what the girl's struggles may be in dating. I'm not mm -hmm. really interested in mm -hmm. what they're experiencing emotionally because I already have the answer. I love that. And whereas now, take that step back mm -hmm. and realize I'm strong if I can go tell them how scared I am. 
about this dating thing. Yes. And so that's that's way harder to do. That's yeah. why it's not done. So if you really want to look at to me where I where I find strength in myself now, it's in the things that are hardest to do. It's easy to yes. puff my chest out and tell them, no, you're not going to date. How's that strength? It's so easy. easy. <laughs> it wasn't even a challenge. It was so comfortable versus now it's like, you know what? It's not my life or my choice. And I'm scared for the pain you may feel. And yet this is your path and you have to. <laughs> you, you have to live this. And that's terrifying, but true as shit. So I guess yeah. that's my, that's my, that's I my new strength. I say thank you for saying that and for doing the podcast because I feel like that's you walking it out like I know that this was something I more pushed you into because I've had more pain I have less fear so to speak not that I don't feel the hurts and the pains but that I don't respond to them I don't necessarily let them stop me as much and but it's not in a braggy way it's just sort of like when you've experienced so much pain you've had so much loss you have nothing else to lose so you're not even looking at it from a perspective of that right like you're just like you need certain things done or you want certain things done and so you just do it um but like you said i've always pushed you because my path was so different that just you know asking you to do certain things or pushing you to do certain things i didn't even realize how much of a challenge it was for you um until we started getting into our own marital issues and problems and working through them and i think it's just for me it's something that i've always seen in you the willingness to be different and then i just admired it more and more because just now like even this like your willingness to share your part of it to kind of take that hit to kind of go out there and say like these things that aren't considered traditionally masculine or strong but you're admitting like these vulnerabilities or these insecurities and for me that is strength and it's a message that needs to be passed on, but it's so challenging um, for men and women, honestly speaking, right? Because uh, like women buy into it. That's why it's so hard for men. Women buy into these ideas as much as men do, right? As far as the masculinity concepts, right? So it's a, it's a thing where men have to stand up to their own fears, to the man's, another man, like male friends and a woman's fear right in that moment that's a lot of pressure right you know because it's like you want your friends to find you attractive in the sense that you know he's a cool dude you want your you want the women to find you attractive as in this is somebody i would like to date and you want to find yourself attractive right so those are like three different areas that are challenged that you might even get beyond like okay i can do this myself but now i'm scared of how everyone else is gonna feel and <laughs> exactly how they're gonna see me and I, if i make exactly. this decision and it's a real fear because teasing and judgment and rejection and all that stuff it might not be the end of the world but you know it's it's not awesome it's not pleasant it's uncomfortable well see even that right even the fact that we have to say it may not be end of the world why because we have this idea that certain things are worth death or worth pain right okay so what that means is like we have a measuring stick um if someone walks up to you and calls you a name in our book that's a two versus if someone walks up and slaps you that might be a five right if they stab you there may be an eight you get the point so we assume that now if i watch you get poked it should be a two so your response should be a two yeah right but we forget that 
that's not how life works, right? We don't live life in a vacuum. So you're not at zero and someone walks up to you and pokes you and now you're a two, right? You're segueing right into what I was about to oh, ask you. sorry. No, why would Do you apologize oh. for, for <laughs> artfully ask? leading to my next point <laughs> without even knowing you did it? Where would the apology be in that? <laughs> I don't know. Weirdo. I over-apologize. You know that. So my question for you is right on what you're saying. And it's mm -hmm. basically the the full cup yeah. concept. Mm -hmm. That basically, if we go back into the definitions even from where we started, full circle, I'm going to use the actual definitions and say that a strong person is one who can handle great pressure. I'm going to be as boxed into this definition and as blindsided by it. And then I'm going to say, if you look at somebody who has stored lots of pain through their life, whether that been in you know childhood trauma or um, more circumstantial grief, like loss of someone later in life, or you know, um, illness in your family, or loss of job, anything like that that can be devastating, store up pain, whether it's repeat over your lifetime or just a recent amount of a lot of stuff you stored up, a lot of stress. And then I see them in line get cut off, and I'm watching them scream out of the window, and I can easily throw the word weak, because you should have been able to weather that. And it goes into what you're saying. Yeah. Now let's go straight into the definition. It says able to handle a large amount of pressure. Exactly. So they have financial pressure inside. They have familial pressures inside. They have social pressure, professional pressure, physical and mental health pressure. And then someone cuts them off. And so the fact that they didn't get out their car and go up to the window and drag that person out was showing their strength of with hand with hand uh, what is it the strength of withholding under a lot of pressure there, it's proven now yes it wasn't a kumbaya response but to say that they didn't so strengthen their restraint that's to me it's just something you can't know unless you know all the things that are kicking around inside that person's head exactly which is why i tend to hate when we judge others because we have no idea what's actually happening right um, I feel like what you said was perfect. Um, because I would add, you said so many pressures that they were experiencing and all of those could have been in the moment and they could have had a lifetime of those pressures as well. Right. So then that Bob, that adds up. So like in psychology, we understand the concept of good stress and bad stress, right? Like good stress is amount of stress, like a, a certain amount is healthy for you because it motivates you, right? Like some anxiety, I need to lose weight or I need to study for this test or I need to do these things. That's motivation that I want to overcome certain inferiorities or weaknesses that I see within myself that I want to overcome them. That motivates me to make changes, right? So we see that as a healthy version of stress or anxiety. I don't know if I agree with all those weaknesses in yourself. You just said it, fall, it doesn't matter. Right just, that's saying. not even the point like to what i was trying to say okay like i agree with you but i'm trying to make a point so okay. like i like that's a whole different conversation oh, i feel like very nice. right or no yeah i think you're right actually oh that's nice. yeah <laughs> i forgot what i was gonna say <laughs> so what were you saying i think we were talking about how stress builds up over your life and that's what some that's what people are reacting from that people are storing it and that's what's coming out in these in, a, in an outburst or whatever judgment that may, or, or like breaking down crying 
uh, at work or in a family situation and you get called weak. But again, I guess I said it already though, that basically you don't know the weight that somebody is, that is under. Yeah. The like way when you get called strong, I have strength and people are saying, man, you're so strong. But I think that judgment is getting made easily too on an outward we're judging they haven't cried or they're still smiling or how what, what does that mean if inside they're a wreck right if inside they can barely keep their thoughts together but they're finding smiles and and pushing through maybe that is strength i just mean the person who's getting called weak is melting down outwardly mm-hmm. which is a, also a vent of that emotion mm-hmm. And just like it smells so fresh outside after a, a, a rainstorm, there could be more mental health maintenance being done by quote unquote weak people. And that's fascinating to me. I believe there is more being done because they're being called weak. Interesting. <laughs> that's what's made them strong and with able and able to withstand the criticism. Because to be outcast is to be strong. You're basically saying I'm going against the grain of society. I'm going against what everyone else is saying to do. And I'm, I don't care what they think to some extent. Like, oh, I know it's going to hurt. I'm going to feel the hurt and pain. But it's worth it for whatever reason to me. Whereas the others in society are saying the community and the collection and the connection is more important and i don't think there's necessarily a right or wrong it's just different like we have collectivist societies and individuated societies so um some societies are more towards societal growth what's good for the group what's good for the masses but i think you take that at risk so that's the always the question right like do you risk connecting to the group to the society at the risk of the individual or do you become more individuated at the risk of connecting to society and others and that's the challenge and angst i think of humanity well let me ask you just do you you know i don't want to make it like there are strong people and there are weak people my my belief is that everybody has moments where you can get stressed out and a little bit overwhelmed i don't there's no way that that experience since it's human all around, can make you weak or strong. I guess people are saying after you get stressed, now we're getting ready to judge you one way or the other. And then I guess for me, if if weak means I can't handle it, then I think I need to be weak sometimes <laughs> because yeah. there has to be moments when I need to tap out and I need to feel comfortable to say, you know what, based on the week I've had, I'm not going to be able to perform this weekend task that I have promised. I'm going to have to let somebody down. And that's okay. If that's weak, then that's that's what it is. Because if strength means no, no matter what, no matter what, push up, you're tired, you're sick, whatever, you, you push through, uh, pass. <laughs> that's what, so maybe how the word, str- str- um, the word strong and weak get passed around, would you say it's healthy for everybody to exhibit symptoms of both the way way it's passed around i definitely think it's healthy because you have symptoms of both 
Right. So to not exhibit it is to suppress it is how I see things. Or not acknowledge that it's, it's yeah, actually to, happening. To be unaware of and to not acknowledge it is to actually create more angst and anxiety as you try to fight processes or suppress fight processes that should be occurring, right? Um, why do you have the ability to cry if you shouldn't cry? <laughs> well, like, why does it even exist? Yeah, yeah, like, so that's the concept behind deodorant, right? Like, to stop you from sweating, but sweating is natural. That's why we now understand, okay, picking out healthier deodorant choices. Because yeah, right, right. we need to sweat. We don't want to stop our body from doing things it's right, supposed right, to do. Right, right, um, Yeah. So, I definitely think the issue is how we define strong and weak. And who do who are we looking to to define it for us? Because I like what you said about it being a moment-to-moment -moment thing. I think that we do need to understand that there are desires or behaviors that we ourselves consider weak in the sense that this is not where I want to live the rest of my life in or at, right? Not that I'm strong or weak for being in this moment now, but that this is or isn't a feeling I want to continue. Right. Right. This is or isn't a place I want to continue to be in or operate in. Right. Right. And so therefore, if this isn't a place that I want to operate in, let me move from it. If this is a place I want to operate in, let me sit in it for a while. Right. And okay. I say that because sometimes we need rest. The rest of the world's going to tell you to move, 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 always produce. I need rest. If that's what you need right there in that moment, that's strong to resist all the other urges and say, this is what I need, so right, this is what I'm right, going to do. Right, right, right. The same way if you then need to be productive. There's moments when you need to be productive. You need to pay your bills. You need to do certain things. If you're moving on that, that's also good. That's where you need to be. You're, you're determining for yourself, this is what I need, and then I'm getting what I need done. Right. There's also sometimes when you realize, okay, I need to pay my bills. I can't. I'm not in a place. Right. So I'm feeling weaker than where I would like to be. Right. Okay. Have some grace with myself. Have I done the things to push myself? Be honest. Have I done that? That's something I need to be honest about. But also, why haven't I been able to? Okay. Maybe there's things within me that I'm being lazy about, but maybe there's also things outside that are making me feel frustrated. I need to explore that in order to even make the changes occur. I need to be able to ask myself lots of questions in order to make any changes happen, right? Because maybe I am being lazy and I need to know that because sometimes we are being lazy and we need to push ourselves and give ourselves a kick in the ass. Sometimes it's not laziness. Sometimes we're just overwhelmed by all of the shit that's happening. We need to be able to be to see that, to be able to make those changes as well. Maybe I need to move away from certain people, certain environments, whatever. I think that's awesome because it's like, let's not just stop at you're weak you're strong i'm weak i'm strong let's take a look underneath of honestly speaking when we're attributing it to a person aren't we talking about emotions right of course somebody's strong and somebody's weak physically football players whatever well, i think it goes hand in hand at least this is maybe my own assumption but like if you look at the what we started off with with the males creating the idea right so men created this idea based on their physical strength that then they decided and determined they were more mentally strong and you said it yourself like part of your cockiness sometimes is i'm always right yeah so i feel like when i think i'm strong when i think i am so there's capable, a tie uh -huh. when i think i am competent now uh -huh. i'm right now i'm this and so yes my way of seeing things and thinking things and that's why i love what you said about 
asking the other person or going into them and seeing like listening to the woman right like you were saying with our daughters yeah you have your way based on what you think is strong yeah but you're trying to protect her so yeah. isn't the thing to say how do you need protection yeah. if i'm trying to protect you instead of determining for you how you should be protected right um in a similar way that i'm assuming if for me so obviously the traditional woman's role is to serve right so if i'm serving my husband I can bring you fish and chips and you might be okay with that, but that's not what you wanted. That's not the best way to serve you. I have to come to you and say, oh, okay, burgers is your favorite meal. That's what you want. You know, yeah. like that's what would be best serving you. And I, that's a little bit more superficial because we're talking about desires over um, necessity. But I think even those kind of play off of each other sometimes. I think when we look at microcosms, they give us a glimpse of the bigger injustices or the bigger uh, biases. Yeah. What do you what do you think is a I'm gonna say homework assignment almost mm-hmm. like how you you know how you do it with your clients sometimes mm-hmm. almost like a little tool to work on and I, I, it's not like I know you you do this but I'm still saying is there something we could say to close it out in a sense of hey the next time you you know call someone weak or feel you want to go ahead and call yourself that or you feel you puffing your chest up about how strong you are or wishing that someone around you would be stronger what kind of little thing or maybe i'm not doing your homework assignments right but is there something that we could give in a way of tangible practical some thought exercise to maybe flesh out what we've been discussing so, I mean, I guess there's a generic, like, cognitive behavioral, like, the ABCDE activity okay. that we talk yeah, about a lot. Yeah, you talked to me. Um, What's that, CBT? Yeah, cognitive behavior therapy. Okay. Um, but to me, that's, the, that's cognitive restructuring. So, they have this activity or uh, process, right, where you go ABCDE. So, A is the activating event, meaning that there was an event that happened. Mm-hmm. B is the belief that you have about the event, right? So... I'm cut off in traffic. That's the activating event. B is the belief. This MF, he's a jerk. He cut me off. Whatever, right? C is the consequence. If I think he's a jerk, how am I going to respond? I might honk my horn. I might cut him off. Now, so D is the disputing belief, right? Because typically we're using this for negative thoughts. That's why I paused when you said it. Because like you gave the positive and the negative. We don't typically do it for what we consider positive. But I like the idea of applying this here. And so basically what we're trying to say is for every thought, there is an emotion connected to it, right? And usually these thoughts and emotions work together to create actions in people. If I am having a negative thought or belief or emotional experience, it's usually going to lead to a negative action or consequence. So if I can change myself to have more positive thoughts or positive belief systems, then I might have more positive actions, right? That's the idea behind cognitive behavior therapy. So the disputing belief is to basically challenge that way of thinking to see if there's a way to think of it differently, right? And so I like that because if we're applying that D level, like we don't necessarily have to do A, B, C, D, E because now we can do that quickly. Like this is something I normally have to teach so I have to break it down. But I feel like once you understand it, you can speak through that. You don't need to necessarily go A, B, C, D, E. The point is go to D, dispute all thoughts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> question thoughts. everything. Okay, question all thoughts. Even the Positive ones in your head. Negative. The ones in the your ones head. The ones in your head, the ones in others. Cause, so here's the thing. I don't know where I saw it or read it, but I loved it. And it said that 
pretty much every thought is been placed in your head by someone else right we're born in a like if you think about childbirth or whatever like we're not given thought at childbirth i mean we don't even know what children are thinking but we soon interject instantly into the child what is right or wrong what they should or shouldn't be doing and that's affecting their thoughts and their emotions we instantly put boundaries and barriers on children from the day they're born and i think as humans we're resisting that also constantly right from the moment we're born don't touch this don't do this don't eat this don't touch that don't go there these are the safe zones for you stay in it and it's always someone else regulating that for us so i think there's an innate urge that we resist that concept because we understand and want to take care of ourselves but we can't do it yet as children and then oftentimes we can't really do it yet as adults and we haven't really realized that until we realize that then we start to really grow and mature into the next phases of life and as far as that homework oh so the homework is the d dispute every thought that's so straight up as soon <laughs> boom yeah. so basically as soon as sorry that was a long-winded way of saying it but yeah dispute every thought boom <laughs> we're probably gonna be closing out with that d on every episode yes. pun intended hey, hey, <laughs> love it. that was awesome uh, but ladies and gentlemen thank you for joining us on the codependent podcast <laughs> make sure you remember that d <laughs> <laughs> that was funny <laughs>